In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I'm so grateful to Simon. Thank you, Simon, for um, extending the invitation for both myself and Rebecca Edwards, who just ran the, read the gospel to be with you this morning, uh, to talk a little bit about our ministry, our mission, Braid Mission in San Francisco. Uh, and, and actually, if I could have scripted or chosen or been on the lectionary committee to choose a, a gospel reading to help make that introduction, uh, it, it couldn't have been more perfect to have this story uh, of two disciples who are coming out of Jerusalem, walking back home, trying to make sense of what just happened in their life and in their world. And Jesus comes alongside them. And what I particularly find poignant for our mission and uh, relevant to Braid is this fact that as they're walking and they're, they're not noticing who's alongside of them, that, that Jesus goes to leave and they invite him to stay and, and Jesus does. Jesus sticks, Jesus sticks with them. And they go into the house and they break bread, they have a meal together, and, and, and then... Our, um, our eldest son is a member and sings with the Gay Men's Chorus of Los Angeles. And so my wife and I, on uh, those occasions when they're performing, and it's always a great, great, great gig, great performance, uh, we'll go down to Los Angeles uh, to attend the concerts and we'll stay an extra day because you know if you've not been to lot you know how big Los Angeles is it, it offers so much and we just to go and discover something new about about LA and uh, at the summer concert last year we took the extra day to go and uh, attend a concert at the Hollywood Bowl and I don't know how many of you have been there but it's lovely setting very Southern Californian in the canyon set in the hills and uh, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's the warm desert air. It's, it's all that, it's the best of Southern California has to offer. And, and uh, you know, as you're sitting there listening to the music and, and there's this sort of tequila sunset over the, over the hills and uh, the, the warm breezes are blowing. I said earlier, I, it was like having the, the band, the group from the, the 80s, the Eagles playing in the background. You were just sort of caught up in the Southern California scene. And, the, and, it, and it, it, it gets dark and more and more dark. And, and, and as it gets more dark, uh, I, I, I was gazing up into the, to the sky to see if you could see the stars. And, and you couldn't see the stars, not only because it was hazy and it's Los Angeles, um, but there were, there were these huge arc lights, spotlights, from a distance, and, and they, they, they met, they, you know, they're beaming up into the sky uh, because it's Hollywood, and, 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 and it, the, they crossed right above the, the center of the shell, very well designed. But it, it wasn't sitting on the top of the shell. It, they, the, the light crossed way up high in the sky. And, and I'm looking at this, the, these beams of, tractor beams of light into this, this cross shape, and I, I began to notice that there were these, these creatures 
that, that would emerge out of the, this deep darkness and, and then fly into the light. And, and they were huge. I mean, they were just, they, they were enormous. And they, they would expand their wings and then they would disappear back into the darkness and another one would fly into the light. And all of a sudden there were, there were no, numerous creatures flying in, darting in and out of the light and all looking huge and, and brilliant and translucent in this light. And, and, and these, this wingspan, just huge. And, and I was looking at this, this scene and, and I thought to myself, how wonderful. Angels flying over the city of angels. Now, at this point, you may be wondering what was being imbibed at the Hollywood Bowl and wondering why Simon invited another Californian to be with you today. But, but I assure you, I had only had one glass of red wine. It was so go with the poetry. There's these angels over the city of angels. And, and, I, and I, in reading this gospel, was reminded of this scene because we have these two disciples who are in darkness. Life as they had anticipated with Jesus and with their community had disappeared. And they were despondent, they were, in, they were despairing. There we say they were depressed and they, they were, had their heads down and not even looking at the person, this companion who had joined them. And they get to the house and they break bread together and they recognize that all along the light had been with them. All along while they were in the darkness, the light was shining alongside and they were able to step into that light and expand their wings and become the angels that God had created them to be. And we know they be that they are angelic beings because they do what angels do like angels do at the empty tomb in the midst of a group of women coming to prepare a body. Angels who go visit shepherds in the fields watching their flocks by night. They fly home to Jerusalem as fast as their little feet can carry them. I know, little wings. And they proclaim, God is with us, which is what angels proclaim. Out of the darkness they were able to fly into the light and be revealed as the creatures they are. Nine years ago, Rebecca Edwards and myself left parish ministry in San Diego because we felt convicted that someone needed to go that is, the church needed to be present at the table and with, present with children who had experienced time in foster care, who were either in care or had experienced time in foster care. And walk alongside, find ways to walk alongside children who had experienced incredible trauma in their young lives and who lived mostly in places that were very dark and that darkness oftentimes resided deep, deep, and often does inside themselves in addition to that external world in which they walked. And, and we, we 
developed, or I developed, designed, what we ended up doing was inviting volunteer mentors to come and to braid community, hence braid mission, to braid community around these young people so that each foster child had a team of three mentors who would braid space and love and care around them and just hold them in space, in that space. And, and our mentors, surprisingly, it surprised us. We, we had no real design when we began this. The, our mentors largely come and look like your neighbors here in midtown Atlanta. They're young people in their 20s and 30s, mostly working in the tech industry, and mostly, mostly if not avowedly atheist, at least they're mostly religious but not spiritual. But they feel this desire to make a change in the world and to make a change with, by walking alongside this young person. And because they're very accomplished at a very young age, like many of Georgia Tech grads and your folks up around here in Midtown, there's, there's this expectation that maybe we can take this child, and, and mentor is not a particularly good word for us, but we could mentor this child so they too can go to St Stanford or Ge Georgia Tech or Berkeley or wherever. And, and, and what we invite these young people to learn is companionship, to walk alongside of this child and to stay present, like Jesus stayed present with those disciples until they could see the light. And so we, we really invite them to trust trust, trust that their presence will make all the difference in the life of this young child. And they begin their journey. And it's like Emmaus. And they wonder why. And how come they don't? And perhaps we should. And they go off and they do fun things. They mostly play in the park because our youth live mostly in dangerous neighborhoods. Poverty and foster care go hand in glove. Uh, they can't get out in their neighborhood, so they go to parks, they play. Why? Why? And all of a sudden, not scripted, you never know when, this child raises their head and they fly into that beam of light and they stretch their wings and they reveal themselves to be the angels that God created them to be. But as we know, life is rarely lived in the tractor beam. And when you have so much darkness in your life, inside and outside, it pulls you back in ways that are hard to escape, and so inevitably they'll fall back, and they fly back into the darkness, just like those creatures over the Hollywood Bowl. And again, we invite that same team of mentors to be faithful in their presence, and like Jesus, not to leave, but to stay and just continue the journey until the next time that child has the ability to fly into the light and stretch their wings again and learn a little more about their dignity and their worthiness and that maybe they were created and could be loved and out and back and forth and in and out until such a time that they begin to really feel that relationship is possible in their lives because these mentors continue to show up, be present, and to love. And we have a, uh, we could send you all our e newsletter. Um, in our newsletter this month, we have a young person who, who named that. He said, he said, when I received my mentor team at the age of 11, I was running away from my homes. I was truant. He never went to school. 
and his mentors, when he didn't want to see them, would say things to him like, we are just going to sit here. This is your hour. You get to choose what you want to do with it. And they would sit and wait for him to emerge if he wanted to emerge. But they, he knew they were present. And this is a young man who now, in reflecting upon his time of flying in and out of that light and learning more and more deeply that maybe he was an angel of God and God, someone could love him, is now in City College in San Francisco and working as an intern at the University of California, San Francisco in a biotech lab. Truant at 11. And maybe that's the goal and maybe that's not the goal. But the goal is to find out that you can fly into the light and extend your wings. And, and, and Simon, I think the difference maybe between this, this gospel passage and Braid mission is that in Braid we're reminded that all relationship is mutual. It's never one way. We're not ever out to fix somebody. You can't do that. All relationship is mutual. And so we have just as many 20 and 30 year olds, tech workers, biotech workers, coming to us and saying, I thought I was going to teach this kid math. I thought I was going to try and lead this child somewhere. And what I found out was, I, I'm, I have some capacity for love. And, and, and I'm, they'll never say this, I'm an angel created by God. That this child who they used to see as victim is actually someone who carries the light of God, his or herself, because she or he is a creature of God. And that these mentors found themselves flying into light and being revealed as those marvelous beings that God created them to be. We have a number, over the years, have had a number of clergy colleagues come up to us and offer this. They've offered, you know, Rebecca, Chris, in some way, you all have created a new model of church and what it is to be church for a new generation, whatever, for a new era, perhaps. And, and, and we don't know. We, we do our work because we're convicted by God to show up at the table and to stay present. And, and, and I'd, rather, I'd rather that we, we didn't phrase it in that way. I'd, I'd rather, and, and this is the way Rebecca and I think about it, we, I'd, we rather think that we, we just come and stand in a long line of saints who over the ages have made a commitment to stay alongside and to be beacons of light and to hold light and to hold that light of love for people they walk alongside of. And, and we'd prefer to think that we come alongside those, those people, those companions who hold light today and come alongside in all those hard, dark places of our world and are beacons of light and hold that light of God and that love of God and be that light. And we prefer to think that we are in the lineage of those yet to come who will come alongside and hold light and be a beacon of light and shine light for those who are in darkness in the future. 
And, and so I, I want to thank you for letting us come alongside you this week. We've been here since Thursday and have had the opportunity to learn that all saints are all those saints. We've talked to your core ministries. We've met with those who in their professional lives and in this church life hold light so those who are struggling with addiction or those who are struggling in poverty or those who are struggling with finding feet can on occasions fly into the light and learn a little bit about who they really are and created by God, even if they fly back out. And, and we're grateful to be alongside you today, knowing your national legacy of being a light to those back in the 80s and 90s who were dying of HIV-AIDS, and you carried light for those men and women and gave hope at the end of life. And we know your reputation for holding light into those hard places in our culture and strive for racial equity. And it's just so relieving in the church we live in in the West Coast to come and to be fed and to find life and to find those who have angels <laughs> flying like the Hollywood Bowl above them week in and week out who remember and know that the road to Emmaus needs people who come alongside to shine light so that we can all discover that we are angels and go forth and trumpet that God is with us. Thank you. Amen.